I'm Cesar Rubio, five-time past master of Palm Springs Laws number 693, and this is Masonic Muscle, where we focus on the strongest aspect of Freemasonry, a virtuous education of the mind, fortifying it with wise and serious truths, encouraging all brethren to increase their level of fitness one degree at a time, making exercise and study a cornerstone of your daily routine, because Freemasonry is work. When you put in the work, you get closer and closer to the point within the circle. Masonic muscle, we give you more light, but no light weights. We're here to pump you up, body, mind, and soul. All right, welcome back, welcome back. And uh, I hope all of you have gotten out there and gotten some, got some reps in, whether it's physical reps, mental reps, you guys got to get your reps in, especially if you guys are officers, you know that. All right, what I'm going to do here is continue on the Freemasonry isn't dying, it's refining, an article written by Robert H. Johnson, and I want to focus on the last part of it here, and uh, he writes... You know, the good thing about this article is that it was quick, it was impactful, and you gain a lot from it because he distilled a lot of information for us. At the very end, he ends it by, you know, prefacing it and saying the Masonic Utopia, right? And then a question mark. And I want to focus on this one part right here. He says, if we look at the number of actual members who are active, about 5%, it's about right. And we divide them into about 2,000 lodges around the United States. We have about 30 members per lodge. And then he asked, is that so bad? Well, Brother Robert and other brothers around, um, if those numbers are accurate, which I would have to say, yes, they are accurate or, or you know, pretty, pretty accurate. And we're using the 5% and we're using 2,000 lodges around the United States. And now we have about 30 members per lodge. Is that so bad? No, if those 30 members were active in just the symbolic blue lodge. We are forgetting that the appendant bodies are vying for those 30 members. So, yes, we have those 30 members. And those 30 members that are active... Um, are also being active in other appendant bodies, which is a cause for some of the problems that Masonic lodges are facing. So yes, we want 30 active members, but we want 30 active members in the symbolic blue lodge. We're not worrying about the appendant bodies right now because we're trying to heal. And not heal, but we're trying to help the symbolic blue lodge get back up to health being strong. After you help make a symbolic blue light strong in this way, what's going to happen is that when, when about three to four years, these members are going to help bring in other members that are going to come up underneath the new education style and the new training style and the new concepts and new traditions of your lodge and so those 30 become 60. And now, appendant bodies, if you're out there listening, you're going to have 
better qualified, better prepared members to go out there and begin to try and help the other appendant bodies get back to full strength. Those, those 30 members are, are going to be divided. Their attention, their, their, their time, and their attention is going to be drawn here and drawn there because all blue lodges, or the majority, and then appendant bodies are also struggling, and so they want all hands on deck, just like the symbolic blue lodge. So where are we getting the rest? That's not going to happen, like I said. Like I've been saying, we have better business practices, which are like these universal principles, which have been being gleaned for about 500 years or more, maybe. And we are quick to apply them. If, you're, if you own a business and you catch on to these, to these concepts and you're, you become aware, we're quick to adopt them in, and in our own way, in the, in the hopes and dreams that we provide something of value provide something where your employees are coming in and feeling like they're a part of the team, like they're contributing to something. They are uh, providing value, like I said, you know, where value is clear, the decisions are easy. And we're quick to apply all of that to, you know, to a business. But when it comes to Freemasonry, all of a sudden, uh, oh, no, 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 you can't apply that. Well, you have to, because a lot of it is run like a business. And Yes, we are a fraternal organization with other aspects that have to be always, always, uh, uh, you know, in the in the forefront of your mind. Uh, still, when you talk about better business practices and these principles that have been distilled over hundreds of years, you're talking about high performance. You're talking about individuals getting the tools, executive tools, leadership tools organizational tools to be able to function at a high level of efficiency. You see this in athletes too. The athletes that begin to rise to the top, they begin to acquire these habits that uh, you can basically call them high performance. They're high performance. So you cannot say we take a good man and make him better and then not apply any of those principles of high performance. Because if we're going to make a man better, what we're talking about is we are distilling in him, inculcating in him, and initiating him into these high performance principles that will only help not only his lodge, but other lodges become also high performance centers of, you know, uh, or centers of high performance individuals. And then we can begin to take that out into the community. A lot of that has to do with the way we think, you know, we got to re rewire ourselves. So that was a good, that, those numbers are good because when you begin to gather a bunch of information over time, that information will begin to form into patterns. And when you recognize those patterns, you begin to understand what has to be done. You know, you, you know why it's happening and then where it's going if it continues in a direction that's undesirable or, you know, what you must do in order to continue to uh, perform at a, at a high level and then how to train others to do the same.
and even then you're gonna you know you're gonna uh have fallout you're gonna you know when you continue to push the the line and you be, be continue to push the envelope you're gonna have casualties people will fall off but you're looking for the ones that stay with you and they'll stay with you if they find value in it so when value is clear decisions are easy Again, he follows that up with the question is left on how to facilitate those lodges in that kind of a system. I believe that these better business practices and tying that into some of these articles that came out years ago, years ago by uh, Dwight, Dwight L. Smith, and then an answer to, you know, uh, whether are you traveling or some, something like that. You know, those, those articles are out there, and I should have been prepared with them so I can give them to you, and you can Google them and find them and read them for yourself. But there's been other Masons that have done more than I have, or a lot of us have, that have put a lot of thought into this. And they gave us their thoughts and their distillation of their observations. And then within there, there, there are these nuggets of truth that everybody can apply. But I believe what happened is you begin to realize how much work it's going to be and who's going to do it. Well, someone has to start somewhere. And then he says, first, I'd say we need to do what the UK has done. And I've talked about that in, in a previous episode you know, establish a National Grand Lodge. And I'm not in agreement with that. I've said that before. I am in agreement with abolishing progressive lines. You know, because progressive lines are setting up a lot of lodges. And they set up uh, our lodge, uh, you know, years and years and years ago for failure because there was never a clear and consistent vision. Uh, you know, the, the, the vision changed from year to year according to who the master was. So there was never a clear path for the lodge to take. But when you have a three to five year plan or whatever it's going to be, and you have buy-in from the officers who are sitting in the chairs and moving up, uh, you know, the, uh, the chairs uh, of uh, leadership, uh, and everybody knows their role, all of a sudden it begins to take on a different meaning. He says, get rid of all the pendant bodies with the exception you know, he has exceptions. In that regard, if you're going to do this, you have, to, you have to scratch out everything. You have to start from the bottom. You know, anything that, that is, uh, is causing extra weight to be pulled, again, go back to that number. If we have active about 5% five, uh, 5 of members uh, divided by 2,000 lodges, that's about 30 members per lodge. Well, the, the, the reality is that those 30 members of every lodge are being pulled in multiple directions by these appendant bodies. Whether you, if you dwindle them down to two, you're still um, pulling them in three different directions. Symbolic Blue Lodge, York, and Scottish Rite. So you, you've got to let them stand on their own and let them do what, the, what they're going to do just like we are. So the, you're asking brothers to to draw a, a line in the sand and, and, you know, stand where they're going to stand. Move business, move business meetings to a quarterly basis? Yes. Agreed. Agreed. 
And then, of course, uh, he, he goes back to joining the appendant bodies would only be granted, well, again, by doing that, you're allowing, you're dissipating your energies. Focus on the few, not the many. Focus on the few within the symbolic blue lodge would be my uh, stance on that. Uh, you have these, this, these younger men coming in, and everybody knows it. I hear everybody talking, so we're fully aware of it. I, I've heard many, many Masons talk about it. And, uh, you know, after a rehearsal or after a state of meetings or after fellowship nights or whatever, and, uh, you know, the talk begins to come around to this, they're f everybody's fully aware that these younger Masons coming in, whether they're 18, 19, 30 years old, they still have a long ways to go as far as their life, their careers. We fully know that uh, uh, a new baby coming in the way, uh, you know, their career is taking a different direction. They got to move, and so they won't be able to attend. And yet, we're asking them as well uh, to, uh, hey, but th don't worry about it. You know, you won't be asked to join a pen and bodies for another two or three years. When, if we go back to the number, 5%, and we divide them into about 2,000 lodges around the United States, we'd have about 30 members per lodge. Brethren, uh, that's pretty good math, that those numbers that I gave you, but then all of a sudden we, we, we go right back to, you know, uh, to default to default habits, default, and that, that's, that's physical and mental habits. You know, we're going back to a, a way of thinking that has gotten into, that has gotten us into this sort of situation. You know, that, that's where, and if, you know, if you've been a member for years of a pen and bodies and you're, you're really uh, passionate about it, I understand, I understand. There's also the better business practices and, and the reality of the way things are. Moving on, more Masonic education, less business, absolutely, absolutely. Men coming in, young and old, to the fraternity for the last 10, 15 years that I've seen, that I've noticed, they're coming in for Masonic education. Not the big buildup to for stated meeting and the, the dinner and all that, they're not, they're, they don't care about that. If there was more Masonic education, you know, they uh, eventually they would say, hey, when are we going to fellowship and, you know, have some dinner before, have a nice dinner. But um, they're, they're really looking for Masonic education and the esoteric side of that Masonic education. All right. And again, all that takes work. All that takes a, a lot of work to get that focus, to get that continuity to get that commitment from people, there has to be value. There has to be. Otherwise, uh, you will get every excuse under the sun. If I had begun a journal back about 15 years ago from the first time I became Master of Lodge in 2010, and I've thought about this over time, and I, I guess I can still do it, um, of all the excuses that I have heard from members from brothers as to why they cannot first, why they can't 
make it to lodge and then later on why they're not going to make it to lodge anymore. Oh my God. Some of these reasons, right? Because reasons to them, excuses to us are incredible. Why do I say that? Because the sheer amount of time that was spent to come up with this reason If you had taken that kind of time to begin with to try and help us come up with better solutions versus why you can't attend Lodge, man, this thing would be over. We would be thriving, but uh, that's not the case, and I know that. Once again, we are in uh, middle of August. This month went by fast, and we are... And I don't know when I'm going to put this out, so it might be the end of August. But hey, September, October, man, we, we, you know, already lodges should be talking about why, uh, not why, but who's going to be officers next year, what their time commitments are, what their level of commitment is to the lodge, what's expected of them, um, what you have to do in order to prove up to the next chair if the lodge will have you if you've merited that you know uh, that opportunity a lot of planning there's a lot of planning it never stops so get out there and and begin to reach out to your leadership if they haven't already if you haven't sat down with them and figure out figure out what it is and also you know i still see it uh, you know pandemic started during the pandemic now that the pandemic is slowed down and uh, the lockdowns and all that and people began to gain weight and i've been encouraging all of you get out there get out there and do it get out there and do it uh, and start up a routine start eating better uh, start to strengthen your own body's immune system uh, help it get healthier and stronger uh, so that you don't rely so much on on medicine, right? And if you do need some, you won't need as much because you've been doing your part at least. Clean water, fresh air, lots of sun. Get some movement out there. You know, I always mention walking because that's the easiest way to go. You know, that's the easiest routine to start just to get out there and walk. And, you know, first it's five minutes, then it's 10 minutes, then it's 15 minutes. As you begin to increase your level of fitness, you'll be, you know, and you see results, you're going to get excited. And then you're going to want to start doing other things. You know, maybe some lunges while you're out there. You've been warmed up already. Uh, maybe some push-ups. Um, you know, maybe you want to buy some some of those uh, uh, resistance cables. Uh, you know, they're light. They're easy to, to handle. Uh, they give you resistance. In a different way, but they do give you resistance. You can get those kettlebells that I've been talking about. You can get a trap bar. You can get a, uh, you know, or your own set. Whatever whatever your level is. But you got to get out there and do it. As our brother Jack Lane said all the time. Right? You, you, you uh, exercise is king. Nutrition is queen. You marry the two. And you get your kingdom. Remember that. And also remember 
that we're all seeking further light. And with that, brethren, I will leave you for this episode. Peace out. These strong sessions are calculated to inculcate in the mind of the novitiate the importance of subduing our passions and improving ourselves in masonry, feeding the attentive ear with the sound of the instructive tongue, endeavoring to add to the common stock of knowledge and understanding, effectively spreading the cement of knowledge and wisdom, and hopefully some good will towards exercising. Get out there and get your walking in. Open up your ciphers. Study, memorize, and just do it.